calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Why, hello there. Before we get into the episode today, we wanted to let you know that we are so excited to be joined by Dan Coys. Dan is notably a senior editor of Slate, a contributing writer at the New York Times Magazine, an avid Buffy fan, and also a man. A what? A man. Oh. We're excited to have a conversation with Dan later on in the episode about Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo, and this week we are talking about Season 2, Episode 16, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. (laughs) Speaking of songs... Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us and thankfully not sung by me, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered was written by my friend and yours, Marnie Noxon, and directed by James A. Contner. It originally aired on February 10th, 1998. Oh, just four days before Valentine's Day. Which is relevant. It is, because this is the one where, as Valentine's Day approaches... Xander tries to improve his love life through witchcraft and finds himself with too much of a good thing. We've all been there. (laughs) Have we? Uh, (laughs) You practice witchcraft for love? Sometimes in a young girl's life, Uh one must seize the, you know, seizing. See, I know all about seizing. I've learned a lot about seizing in the last couple of episodes, (laughs) actually. (laughs) So we open on a necklace. A necklace in a cemetery. We do. The necklace is really pretty. And the necklace is a great jumping off spot for Buffy's sick burn. Because <laughs> it's shaped like a heart. And she's like, 
Does Cordelia even know what one of these is? All right. All Ooh. right. Yeah, and, and Buffy and Xander have a moment here where Buffy's like, I think you could date someone better, which is quite a risk to take, I think. <sighs> like, I know we're in high school here, so maybe we're not thinking about things, but that's just like, have you ever told somebody that they're dating that you think that they could do better? Is that is that a conversation that you've had uh... with a friend? No, I think that's the conversation you have with your other friends behind that friend's back. Right. I mean, you know, I, I've certainly gotten frustrated with my best friend and has have said, like, you need to start picking people that you will be with for longer because you want to you you want to get married. Uh-huh, like, that's uh-huh. a goal you have. But I've never been like, hey, this person you're in a relationship with that is not that great. Is not that great because that's you're really opening yourself up to a world of possibilities there. They could they could be together forever. And then you've always been that girl in the cemetery that said you think that Xander could do better it's just yeah. a risk it's all I'm i have had people say to me i think that uh you could do better yeah was it me i said that to you <laughs> <laughs> and it was when i was trying to date you, you. did say that to me <laughs> before we were dating but other people i've dated enough people i guess for that to have occurred a number of times and it just makes me not trust my friend yeah, that's the that's the thing is even if you're dating a horrible person, you are dating them because you're probably having feelings for them and it's really hard for you to see out. Um, and I've, I've known people where all of their friends have been like, this person is not good for you. You shouldn't. And they can't see out. You can, mm-hmm. It's very hard to see out of love. But whatever. Buffy has, Buffy has, regardless, Buffy has said her thing and Xander is rolling with it because Xander's kind of like, I don't know about this thing either. Like, because, because Xander and Cordelia, what I love about their relationship is that both of them are like, how is this happening? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> neither one of them is like infatuated with the other Yeah, they're at just all. Sort of like, what? They're just like, why do I have these feelings? Yeah. Why? This doesn't add up at all. So, Which is great. Yeah, it is great. It's a, it's really fun. Um, So, you know, Buffy is a good friend to Xander I think after this moment and is like you'll do fine it'll be great Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then uh, you know Xander's like why can't it be as easy as slaying vampires this love thing a vampire springs up and then a fight ensues gets nice dust a nice full body dust we get in this I feel like they really framed you know they were like hey guys we're gonna do a nice trick you wanna (laughs) see the whole vamp turn to dust so after the credits, we cut to the Cordettes, who I would like to refer to as the Plastics in this episode, if that's okay with you, Jenny. They can't be the Cordettes anymore. They can be the... I just I just saw them and thought, Plastics. You wow. know? It just screamed out at me. And okay. <laughs> there's one Plastic in particular. She has a red hat on. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. She brought to mind the character from Clueless, Amber, who always has, like, crazy, wacky hats. Oh, yes. And so I know that, like, Clueless is not Mean Girls, is not Buffy. But there's just like a real... Some sort of situa- common thread running through the mid-90s. Yeah, it's just a real situation happening here that I appreciated. I think the plastics are on point. I mean, they're a nightmare, but that's what plastics are designed to be. Harmony at the head of the pack now. She is not on point. She is really bad at insults. Okay, she okay. <laughs> is so bad. But but I'm... Are you... Yeah, you're right. I guess a high quality of being a plastic is that you should be good at insults. Not like... Maybe you should learn a second language so that more girls can reject you. Xander's not understanding of a second language doesn't prevent the girls who speak, whose native tongue is that second language, from Yeah, it was him. weak. It was a weak insult. I wrote it. I actually wrote the full quote down for later because I was like, <laughs> seriously, Harmony? <sighs> but I think Harmony is, I mean, you know, because Harmony is stepping into Cordelia's shoes and she no cannot one, fill them. Right. I mean, I think the bigger point here is, can anyone fill Cordelia's mm, shoes? Amazing question. Tisk tisk. I think not. Uh, but anyhow, we, we open here and, of course, the plastics are rejecting 
their leader. Bold move. Mutiny on the bounty. Total mutiny. Because somehow, and we never find out. Do we ever find out how they know about Xander and Cordelia? I don't think so. Which is like a major plot point. I would like to know how they found out. Did somebody see them necking on Lover's Lane? Ooh, maybe. You know, what What happened? Is it because of the hole in the, in the top in the, of the yeah, car? Yeah, yeah. They're now, you know... Their windows aren't steaming up enough to right, conceal right, right. them. <laughs> what? How has it happened? Um, then we go, so Cordelia, whatever, there's this big reveal. Cordelia's like, oh, shit. My cover is blown. And then we cut to class, I believe, mm-hmm. where the teacher is like, hand in your papers and blah, blah, blah. Everyone, please take note. Everyone's papers are handwritten on loose leaf paper. Time was. Time was. And I forgot that, like, when you had to write a paper, you had to write a paper. Yeah, dude. Whiteout was your best friend. Hell yeah. Anyway, so everybody's handing in their handwritten papers. And then Amy does her magic on the teacher. Yeah. And stares into her eyes. And what I want to know is what happens after that. Like, is the spell that Amy did, because it seemed like the spell was for the moment. Like, right. she was like, if you don't hand in your paper. So she she had to, like, confuse her. But then what the teacher... What happens later when she's grading papers? Right. And when she, she hands... she still see that, that invisible, invisible paper? Invisible paper. Is there an invisible paper? Is she like, wow, Amy, great job writing on the history of Salem. You know what I mean? A like plus. Right. Or Maybe I just... she just marks the grade down right then. Right. Just for Amy. Whew. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so Willow and Buffy and Amy. Oh, that was well, great. Willow great Buffy, gal, like, gal's hey, moment. Amy. Hey, Amy. <laughs> so that we all remember who Amy is <laughs> from season one, episode three, which. Uh-huh. And they're all like talking about going to the bronze for the Valentine's Day dance. And Buffy's like, oh, Valentine's Day is just like a dumb commercial holiday. And Amy's like, bad breakup. Huh? <laughs> Which is like, how do I mean? What are your feelings on Valentine's Day? We should really talk about. Oh, that. I That's, think it's so stupid. Right, but, but but I mean, but, however, but also like if it's your thing, great. Well, no, 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 that wasn't my butt. My butt was like a personal. It was a personal butt for us, for you and I, because you say you think it's so stupid, but you have there have been Valentine's days in the very recent past where you have written me a card, given me a card and a gift, and I've been like, oh, right, Oops. it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. So, well, the thing is like. If I didn't do that, do you know how much trouble I would be in? Is that is that really so much is trouble. that really the truth? Are you only doing it to stay out of trouble? No, I'm also doing it because you're a wonderful person and I want <laughs> you to know that. But I, but I'm just as comfortable reiterating that on any other day of the year besides February right, 14th. Right, 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 right. No, and I agree with you. I mean, Valentine's Day, I'm like, oh brother, right? It's just a super commercialized situation where people are going to dinner and buying chocolate and hearts and what have you. Yeah. But at the same time, this is how I feel about a lot of like holidays and human things is like so I feel like mostly we need reminders to do nice things that like without the without the like okay today is the day where you fill in the blank a lot mm-hmm. of us wouldn't like we get very caught up in our lives right sure so I have a lot of hesitation about the holiday of Valentine's Day in general but I also am like this is nice I always feel like this is nice when you know we exchange something nice for each other because every other day we're just like did you do the dishes okay great like it's 
<laughs> so those are my complicated feelings on Valentine's Day. The person Day. who asks if you did the dishes is always Kristen, and the person who says, yes, I did, is always me. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Except on Valentine's Day when, like, I'll do the dishes. I always, like, do... I always do... <laughs> it's, like, a fucking big deal special right, event. Right, It's, Marquee like... Marquee <laughs> item. I come home from somewhere and the dishes are washed, and Kristen's, like... <laughs> Kristen, like, pops out, like, Tom Cruise in Risky Business, and she's, like... <laughs> Did you notice anything interesting in the kitchen? I do. I do think it's funny that, like, on high holidays, I'm like, <laughs> I have given you the gift of, and it's the thing that you do every other day of the week. And I'm like, today. It means a lot, though. Because you do it so rarely, it means a lot when you do it. <laughs> For the record, I do a lot of other things. Yeah. Just so the listener knows. It's high functioning in this relationship. Just dishes anyway, aren't really my it's thing. A team effort. Moving right along yes. to Giles and Jenny Callender. They have a moment right after this. Everybody's in the hallway. Xander and uh, Willow are just costume coordinated to the nines. Oh, yeah, they are mad. In this scene, beautifully. It's just like a b- very nice visual with the orange and the orange. Whatever. Giles. Yo. <laughs> go ahead. What? We got to talk about it. Because, like, Jenny, like, pops into the doorway of her, her office, or her classroom, rather, and... Uh, and they lock eyes, and there's like some some deer in headlights, whatever. And then she's like, "Oh, I, I'm so glad we ran into each other here in the school where we both work, right outside of my classroom that you must pass by for various <laughs> reasons at different times during the day. What are the odds? Oh dear heavens! Yeah, it's so bizarre. It's like Giles must know that that's her classroom." Right? Yes, of course. But everyone is like, oh dear, what a crazy twist of How fate. did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this real rough moment where Buff, it's just like the same thing, Ooh. this like replay of like Jenny fucked up. Giles is very, very adamant about being on Buffy's side. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. I-, I will not even look at you in a way that might suggest to my slayer that I'm not on her team. Best dad ever. Yeah. No, seriously, best Number dad ever. Dad. And so they kind of leave uh, Jenny Calendar in the dust here. It's unresolved. Willow and Xander are left like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> well, looks super awkward. And uh, so the reason Giles needed to talk to Buffy is because he needs to let her know that historically, Angelus right. is exceptionally demonstrative on on and around. Of course he is, right? Of course. Look out. And look out. And we see the first instance of the demonstrativeness of Angelus (laughs) when and now we're getting into some territory with this with our favorite thruple, the world's favorite thruple. Best thruple ever. Uh we're we're really starting to peel back the layers and see Mm. the truth of this thruple, which is that Angel is like, fuck you, Spike. Drusilla, like if push and, and he's such a dick about it because he's like if push came to like he has this attitude of like if push came to shove she would choose me i'm not gonna push it man but like just so you know like i could i could if i wanted to you know and and spike has given drusilla this beautiful necklace it's such a bummer for spike in this moment i I really i'm not happy he meticulously picked that out and, and stole it uh, from somewhere and or then someone. angel comes angel comes over and not only drops this like and warm, near to still beating heart from a quaint little shop girl. Nice line. Very nice line. For Drew, but then also, to add insult to injury, puts the necklace on Drew. And it's just, it's just shitty. He's just like working extra hard to emasculate Spike as hard as he can. He also, oh, and he says, 
cute about the necklace it's also important to note here that angel's eyeliner is approximately twice as thick as it was he's getting eviler the last time we saw it right an indication that things are getting so he's just gonna be in full kiss makeup yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and drusilla just before we cut before we go to the next bit of this episode i want to give a shout out to drusilla for her response to the heart She's oh like, God. she like any scene where Drusilla's like the direction to Juliet Landau is like, okay, they're going to have some dialogue. And can you just like be obsessed with fill in the blank, the heart or whatever? <laughs> she is my favorite Drusilla where she's just like playing with it insanely. Yeah, like, yeah. Fucking. Oh, God. Then we got to the bronze. Oh, and Will this is, is in love with this us. This is me when I see you play Aww. every time. I I, I really wow. felt a bond with Willow. Wow, it's a very sp- you will never have this experience. At least this this literally being in a room full of people who are there to watch your wife or boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You are both to me, my great. boyfriend and my wife. Great, great, great. Play music that's so great, and like it's just such an enjoyable experience. And you get to sit there and be like. That's my wife, you know? And that's how Willow is this whole time. She's like, that's my boyfriend. My boyfriend's in the band, you know? (laughs) Oh, it's so cute. So I I drew a little heart emoji, uh, heart eyes emoji for Willow at the bronze, actually. And a negative heart eyes emoji for Cordelia, who gets... No, no. First of all. Iced out. No, like, it's sad eyes. Sad eyes. Maybe eyes. I didn't even know what was happening. I was just like, maybe we should... Because, listen... We're going to have to jump to Fashion Watch because I know that Kate Leth is here with us. But before we jump in, I just got to say, holy shit, Cordelia. Cordelia looks amazing. But we are not fully qualified to discuss all the finer points of that. So let's turn it over to Kate Leth with Buffy Fashion Watch. Yes, let's. Yes, Leth. (laughs) It's time for our friend Kate to give you the Buffy Fashion Update. Welcome back to Buffy Fashion Watch, in which we're all taking one for the team in this trash bag of an episode. I say that only because A, Xander's the worst, and B, Buffy congratulating him at the end of the episode for not assaulting her makes me, as Cordelia so eloquently put it, yak. As much as I want Xander to die screaming in a snake pit, and I do, there are some good laughs and some very good outfits in this episode, despite the appalling fever dream that is Xander's horrifying unbuttoned shirt and blazer combination from the beginning. I mean, look at the thing. Even his cuffs are unbuttoned. Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered is not kind to Cordelia, but my god, does she look flawless. The dress she wears to the dance early on, bodycon with black and red brocade, was probably an awakening moment in my childhood. And listen, I know I've said that more than once on here, but like, this show was my childhood. So anyway, her necklace, the neckline, I lay myself at her feet in worship. Pair that with her white-collar knotted work shirt and black cigarette pants that she has on at school, her red half-sleeve top with the pleather miniskirt during the big showdown, her red halter top when she tells Xander exactly where to stick it, her final scene outfit, which is color-coordinated to high heaven in soft light green and yellow with a matching sweater. It is too much. She is too good. Her makeup is flawless in this episode. There's a lot else to comment on here. Buffy's slitted cheetah print micro mini skirt or her white mesh top and tank combo, as well as Drusilla's crazy sparkling faux fur sequined coat. Although I will point out she's wearing the same outfit from two episodes ago, so mm. Also, um, why does every girl at Sunnydale own a sweater set that they tie around their shoulders? What is that? Was that a thing? Did I miss that? I don't know if I was bougie enough. But Cordelia takes the prize in this episode, and she deserves it. Until next time, I'll see you at the mall. That was our friend Kate. 
Orange gave you the Buffy fashion update. Sweet heavenly Moses. Thank you, Kate Lath. Kate Lath, are you okay? You know what I mean? Are you going to make it? I don't know if I am either, but <laughs> Do you have I... the vapors? <laughs> uh, yeah, Cordelia just really, really slayed. She really slayed this episode. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, but let's talk about this scene. This is hard. This whole thing is hard. It's like, I feel like oh. I came into this episode. We watched Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered on Valentine's Day. We did a Buffy watch with oh, you yeah. guys. And when I watched it out of context, I was just like, eh, fuck Xander, right? Like, that was like my thing. But now that we're kind of in the arc, I, I expected to come into this episode and I was nervous because we had so much to say about Xander last week. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. But I actually have like really complicated feelings about both of them in this episode. Um, and this scene is like the perfect example of why Xander has feelings for Cordelia and Cordelia has feelings for Xander and the thing that Xander says to Cordelia when he gives her the heart maybe you see something special in me that I can't see and vice versa Uh. is like it it just underpins like the reason why it's very complicated to just say fuck you Xander right because because the, the real truth is that neither of these characters Cordelia and Xander they have a lot in common May Rude just turned the podcast off. Sorry, May. Sorry, May. Um, but but they do in the sense that neither one of them can see the goodness in, in them. They mm. both are very insecure people, characters, right? And Cordelia makes up for that by like, you know, emphasize, like overemphasizing her like, I can do what I want, how I want, when I want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Xander, it, it manifests in this like way where when he opens up and is vulnerable, but both of them really, when they open up and they're vulnerable and they and they are not received well, they become mean. Right, right, right. They lash out. They lash out. And so I just want to be able to like look at this two ways and not just one um, where we see this moment Xander opens up becomes vulnerable has purchased this like really beautiful necklace for Cordelia and you can see Cordelia like shatter because she knows what she like quote unquote has Has to to do do, um, which is rooted in this like need to maintain her status Mm -hmm. and you know and not rock the boat not be too outside of the lines and she at the same time is like Really, for some unknown reason, super into Xander's outfit. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. It's the 90s. Fine. But but she's also into Xander and she knows that this is going to crush him. And it's one of the first times that we ever see Cordelia recognize that she's about to crush someone and feel Feel really horrible about Mm -hmm. it. Uh, But she does it. She does it. Uh, She breaks up with Xander. It's Valentine's Day. And Xander (sighs) gets... Xander gets sad, but what I will say is that Xander gets sad, but he doesn't get cruel. No, he doesn't get cruel until he goes to school the next day, Mm -hmm. and then everyone is laughing at him and, you know, making him feel horrible. I mean, he's very much being, like, bullied in in this scene that we see. I want to say one thing before we talk about uh, school the next day, which is that clearly the police... Clearly, the fact that I please you visually has gotten us off on the wrong foot here <laughs> is pretty great. It is, is a, a good, pretty it's a good great line. line. It is like very, <laughs> it's like sort of a quintessential thing. Yeah, for that for the two of them in combination. Yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, okay, we get to school, and the first thing that somebody says to him is, "Dude, way to get dumped." And I want to call myself out here. Oh wow, did you do this to somebody? Um, I think like. My nature, my like bizarre nature in high school, some of the time, uh-huh. was to like insinuate myself into situations that had nothing to do with me. Right. And say, 
maybe not as deliberately like mean right as this person intended no i can hear you say it like i can hear the jenny voice of like dude way to get dumped i can hear you so wow jenny so i'll got a little bit of that bully inside of you eh leaping uh into the void (laughs) goodbye it has been my pleasure to serve Um, you but oh yeah high school ouch yeah just what a terrible in high school high school was like a a living gossip magazine you know just like a Mm. the museum of gossip it's just like <laughs> gossip magazines come to life where everyone cares about everybody else's shit. Um, so then that's what turns Xander. I mean, it's it's the combination. It's like a one-two punch for him. Yeah. It's that he's been rejected. He has a broken heart. Mm-hmm. He's very insecure. And then on top of it all, he feels like everyone at school is laughing at him. Is, and they are. It's not even in his head. Like, it's real life. They're mm-hmm. laughing at him. Also, we, we skipped over a scene because someone is not at the bronze and her name is Buffy. Oh, my gosh. Right. And, and it's the classic knock knock. Nobody's there. <laughs> oh my gosh! I just came back and my mom is gone. And the music cue is telling me I should be really stressed out about it. So also, I'm go to the back door. Tell me what florist is like. Would you like the flowers in a vase? Would you like them wrapped in cellophane? Yeah. Would you like, or would you like them in a black box? Oh, with it's a black definitely bow? a black box with a black bow. A black box with a black bow at your local. Florist. No, it's, for from, it's like Day. next to Willie the bartender. There's like a oh, vamp yeah. florist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they have like a whole underground commerce situation, mm, I think. Yeah, there's probably like a whole right, thing. Like an under, yeah, like a, a trading, Secret. a vampire yeah, yeah, yeah. trading post. Wow. <laughs> Great. Okay. So anyway, Joyce, right. Joyce, first of all, Joyce is eating popcorn by like <laughs> tossing it at her face. Before Buffy gets up to go to the front door, Joyce definitely has at least one piece of popcorn in her boobs. Like I saw it fall. I saw it, Joyce, <laughs> yeah. and I know that move. It's, it's a, <laughs> so I'm home alone or only with my daughter and I don't care about popcorn all over my boobs. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Joyce and I am like, man, imagine that your daughter, you have a 17 year old daughter. Somebody mysteriously delivers a black box with a black ribbon uh, with roses in it. She opens it and it just says soon, soon. which your mind is going to go to a lot of places, but But it's not going to go to somebody left these for you and it's fine. Right. And when you ask like Buffy, what is what's up with this? But I guess like you're a teenager. So you're just like nothing, mom. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't understand that I fell in love with a vampire. and He had a soul. And then there was a Romani curse. And (laughs) it's a lot to explain. (laughs) Um, also, I just wanted to give a shout out to the bronze. They did a really great job of decorating for Valentine's Day. Okay. I didn't notice one decoration. Beautiful. There's what a was whole, going on? There's a backdrop behind the band. I can't even remember what it is now, but there's a there's a like a cupid. It's like a cupid wow. and a heart. It's it's behind uh, Dingo's Ate My Baby. Uh, and I just thought, you know, these kids who work at the bronze, man, they're constantly dealing with werewolves, tipping over all their tables, they're cleaning <laughs> up shit, and still they go out of their way to decorate for holidays. Bless it's just, them. It's commitment, you know. Praise. And I appreciate High praise. It. <laughs> uh, Xander has a great idea. He's going to blackmail Amy. Xander. Xander, Xander, Xander. Xander, Xander, Xander. And then he gets so evil. It's really, it's very um, upsetting when you see like Xander change to evil Xander. It's it's when he like, he grabs Amy, first of all. It's (laughs) it's a move that is very unfortunate. Um, And Amy's not very large. She's a very tiny thing. So she just kind of like snaps around. Yep, yep. She's like, the fuck, Xander? And Xander's like, I saw you and I'm going to blackmail you. I'm saying, I'm calling it blackmail. And that's what it is. So you better. (laughs) What's amazing to me is like, Amy seems to have a lot of powers. I just feel like Amy could probably have like 
done whatever she did to the teacher. Yeah, right? <laughs> in that moment. Maybe it required preparation. Maybe, maybe. But regardless, Amy's like, okay, you got me, Xander. I guess I have to do this love spell for you. We'll just need a personal item. Oh, this scene. I remembered this scene and I was confused about how we got, because I remember it being so emotional for me the first time I watched it. And mm-hmm. so in my memory, I thought that Xander and Cordelia had really like been dating and like having feelings for each other for a yeah, much yeah. longer time. But it's just testament to this show how they can like jam pack that you're so invested into in such a short amount of time. Right? I mean, it's today. The, the scene was what? Like a minute long? Yeah. If that, when he asks Cordelia for the necklace and she goes to her locker and says, oh, oh and she's so mean, right? I'm, uh, yeah, of course I'll give it back to you. And I'm just glad we're not dating because now I don't have to pretend to like it. But she loved it. Oh, and she's and she, wearing it uh, because she loves it. Under her shirt. And regardless of how I feel about that combination, it's there's something about it. No, there's something. I mean, there, regardless yeah. of how you feel about the combination, it is Cordelia having feelings. and Which is it's a thing. A thing. It's, a, it's a thing to be reckoned with. And she takes off the necklace. She gives it to Xander. We're like, oh, man. can't. This is like the, the scene in every movie when you're like can't you guys just talk to each other if you just talk to each other then the witchcraft wouldn't happen Buffy wouldn't turn into a rat everything would be okay guys but no communication always the lacking element yeah so then it's spell casting time right and seeing Xander all like painted up (laughs) shirtless sitting inside of a woman symbol don't you feel like oh maybe things are about to go in in some kind of delightful way (laughs) like where where did you want it to go I don't know just like it kind of does end up this way that he's, be careful what you wish for, right. punished for meddling with greater forces. He just looks so vulnerable. Right. You know? Right, right, right. But it is, yeah. And you can tell he's like, ooh, what did I do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't really picture being like Shirtless. painted in blood sitting yeah. on the floor. Like, what is going on? So the spell happens. And um, obviously, as we know, it backfires. And I want to just take a moment to read an email that we got just right before we were recording this, I'm so glad that it came in in time because yes. the, the spell goes wrong and this writer wrote into us to explain maybe why. Jessica E. said, Hi, Jenny and Kristen. Since you're about to watch Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, I thought I would share a theory I have about the episode. My friends often wondered whether Amy was simply incompetent or messing with Xander by making the spell go wrong on purpose. Neither of these options seems particularly likely to me because Amy doesn't seem like the type to put herself at risk. However, as an apprentice witch, I've been learning about spells and magic, and I have a theory as to why Amy's spell went so very wrong. Amy invokes Diana, goddess of the hunt, in the casting of the spell. Diana, known as Artemis to the Greeks, is a virgin goddess. A virgin goddess is one who does not marry a man, but is not necessarily barred from sexual interactions with women. Virgin goddesses and virgin saints, who are typically thought of as not engaging in sex at all, are not to be called upon for love spells. Many witches believe that calling upon a virgin goddess or saint for a love spell, particularly a sexual love spell, can backfire because you're asking the patron to do something for you that they simply disapprove of. Unless you have a special relationship with the goddess or saint in question, this is, at best, a waste of your time. Jessica goes on to say, you know, this theory might not reflect everyone's practice of witchcraft, but it's it's what I'm learning right now, and I thought it was relevant. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so, and, he, and she concludes by saying, my feeling is that Diana is having a laugh at Amy and Xander at his expense <laughs> for his patriarchal desire to control women. The moral here may be, never mess with a goddess. <laughs> so, Jessica... 
Thank you for that email. It was so timely. And I was so excited because we almost recorded this episode the day before your email came in. And then when it came in, I was like, well, this Perfect. is why. This is why we didn't do it. Yes. So so we'll never know exactly why. But I think the Jessica's theory is a good one. The, the spell yeah. certainly goes awry. Definitely. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And here we go down the lane of um, everyone falling in love with Sander. First, he rolls up very cockily to mm-hmm. Cordelia's <laughs> table and is like, hey, ladies, waiting for... <laughs> I, I love this moment when, when he's like, he's confused. He's like, Cordelia, maybe love just doesn't look very yes. different on you. <laughs> maybe you're just super awful even when you're in love. And she, of course, is the only one not affected by this spell. But right, right, there's right. kind of like a little delay here because the, yeah. the other girls at the table are like kind of like something's happening, but they don't quite latch on right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And then she uh, refers to the necklace he bought her as a small mart looking thing. Yes. yes. Small mart. Small mart. Nice dig, I wonder what Cordelia, that's a stand-in for. But just. <laughs> uh, then we get to the library where Giles is detailing oh, for God. Buffy some of the things that uh, Angelus has done on previous Valentine's Day. Right. And Xander comes in and is like, chop me up. My life is terrible. And Buffy's like, hey, man. Yeah, so Giles leaves. Right. And Buffy. I love this moment. I think it's very interesting. It was very uh, eye-opening for me, Xander speaking, because Xander is very inappropriate. Uh, he does like a very Xander thing here where he's like, hey, you know, Buffy's like, oh, you want to hang out one on one tonight? And he's like, yeah, if that involves lap dancing, which made me throw up on myself and I had yep. to clean it up. And yes, then when yes, I came yes. back to the episode after that, <laughs> I was like, um, oh, how's this going to go? Because then Buffy is like, maybe you will get what you wish for. And, and he's like, blah, 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 what? Right. And he and he does this like triple take where he's like, wait, wait, wait. Like it just became very clear to me sort of like some of the intentionality in his really shitty things that he says is like that he's so self-deprecating. That he that when it comes across as not even that like, when, when he's saying it, he's like, "Isn't this the most hilarious joke you've ever heard?" Yeah, that, like, and it's it's of course like a shitty way to joke, but it just really was eye opening to me because then when Buffy takes it seriously, he's like, "Wait, what? I was what? What is happening?" So Z- they're like, Buffy and Xander are just about to kiss, and then Amy is like, eh, 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 <laughs> "Can I talk to you?" And Xander's like. I guess <laughs> they go outside. She like starts indicating that she wants to spend more time with him, and then she says like exactly the same thing that Buffy just said to him. Oh, it's very sad. And then he has like you see the realization come across his face. He's like, oh, oh, oh because because oh, he's just had this moment oh. where he's like, what? Buffy has feelings for me, and then like one second later is like, oh, of course she didn't have feelings for me. My insecurities were of course right all along. Nobody would ever be into me. Oh, oh. It's rough. It's rough. Like I know. I feel like maybe some of our listeners are like, wow, they're giving Xander a lot of space. But I really just. I, like, I felt like I saw through some of what was happening in, in his experience in this episode. Which I think is, like, helpful to our understanding and the development of the character. Right, right. Um, and we're about to get, we're about to have a chat with with Dan, who we talked to you about at the, at the front of yes. the episode, which is going to get us deeper in here. So let's not get too deep in right, now. Right, 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 right. Okay. But, but let's do note that yes. uh, when 
Xander's talking to Amy. They are in front of a widespread panic poster, which is inexplicably hung up in the high school. Oh. Later, we will also see a widespread panic poster, a different one, hung up in Xander's room. Oh, wow. Apparently, there was some kind of cross-promotional <laughs> marketing From plan. quest for Camelot to widespread panic. <laughs> yeah. A different sponsor for every episode. Mm-hmm. Then Xander and Amy are interrupted by the cordette slash plastic who looks like she's like just off of the set of the Valley of the Dolls, like right. inexplicably. Right. Styled from the 60s. And then Xander's like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Let he me goes go home, home to my safe room. My safe bedroom so where safe. I have my bed that no one else is in but me except, surprise, Willow. it's Willow. It's Willow. Oh, Willow. This is a great scene for Willow. Shout out. To Allison Hannigan, yes. who crushes this so hard. My favorite part, which I have to assume was her choice, was that she puts Xander's entire mouth in her ear. Nope. <laughs> she puts Xander's entire ear in her mouth. Oh, my God. Uh, Goodbye. It was the other way around. <laughs> Sexual foreplay by Willow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, serious. Like, she really goes for it. And it's great. It's great. It's great. And Xander's like, oh, God. And I like the moment where Xander's like, yes, Oz is Xander. You should go to him. Amazing. he is me. Fast thinking. And, yeah, he's really... Unfortunately, ch- it doesn't work. It does not work. Um, and then we go to this incredible, incredible scene where Xander is uh, walking <laughs> through the halls of the school. And I'm sorry. I just want to just say that I do think this is a bit of a heteronormative love spell. Where is Larry? Um, mm. You know what I mean? Where are the... Where are the this would have been an outing spell because I would have, I would imagine that all the all the gay boys would be looking lovingly at Dan, like could have outed right. some people, but mm-hmm. luckily it was heteronormative, so don't worry, everyone's <laughs> safe. We want to talk to you about this music cue, but we actually get into that in our conversation with Dan Coyce. And at the beginning of the episode, we told you a little bit about Dan. He's a senior editor at Slate and a contributing writer to the New York Times Magazine, but he's also notably uh, one of the former co-hosts of Mom and Dad Are Fighting, which is the parenting podcast on Slate. And he's also in the midst of writing a book about parenting outside of the East Coast bubble traveling across the world with his family right now. So we thought it would be really fun to talk to Dan, both because it would be nice to have a man's perspective. Isn't everyone always after a man's perspective? <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness... Please, tell us what you think. <laughs> but in all seriousness, we did think that it would be really fun to dig in a little bit uh, on Xander in this episode with a with a focus on parenting and, and some of the larger structures that affect Xander and the other characters as we go through. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. So let's go to Dan. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer. We are so happy that, to talk to you, to get the chance to talk to you. Especially, this episode, I think, is actually a really special episode to talk to you about. For uh, sure. Uh, tell me why you believe such a thing to be true. Well, first of all, we've brought you here today to speak on behalf of all men. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Explain <Good>. yourselves. <laughs> no, it's cool. I have, Just... I've been delegated by all men to speak on their behalf. So you got... Perfect. You got yeah. all the signatures you needed. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's It turns great. out you don't need a full quorum. You just need 51%. <laughs> But in all seriousness, we know um, we know that you have co-hosted Mom and Dad Are Fighting, the parenting podcast on Slate. You are a parent yourself. And so we thought it would be really fun to start by talking about both Xander and Cordelia in this episode, actually. Um, there's like a lot going on for them, and they make some really bad choices yeah. uh, about how to handle their emotions. Mm. And so we thought, you know, with the expertise that you have in particular, do you have any thoughts on how to best raise uh, better Xanders and and even better Cordelia's. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Now I would he- I would note that I am not really a parenting expert so much as I am 
uh, a parenting example. Most reasonable parents don't believe themselves to be experts in anything and recognize that they are just muddling through. The ones who do believe themselves to be experts are usually the assholes. Right. <laughs> the question of how to raise a better Xander in particular as a, as a representative of all men is one that I have thought about <laughs> quite a bit. I don't have sons. I have daughters. Um, but, uh, you know, I have, I have thought a lot about the way that the parents we meet raise their boys and the way that those boys interact with all the girls in their lives and all the women in their lives, not just my kids. You guys talk a lot on this show uh, about the damage that the patriarchy commits and the damage that it, that it creates in the world of this show and in the world at large. And Xander of course is always uh, example a, not only of the patriarchy itself, but of the damage that the patriarchy can create in unsuspecting uh, young people. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's he's a fragile soul and this episode uh this episode really puts him through the ringer uh, or rather he puts himself through the ringer because of the extremely terrible choices that he makes and so you wonder <laughs> if he had had parents who unlike for example say amy's mom said it's not a great idea to use witchcraft to just like settle a score with a girl who you were dating for like a week. <laughs> Maybe that would have been better. Right, right. It's possible. And we'll never know. But we'll never we... know. We'll never know. But yeah, but I'm curious what you guys think. Like, what do we know about Xander's parents? What do we know about how he was raised and what that home life is like? What we know um, at this point is that his family seems to be dysfunctional. Uh, his parents seem to be absent. In a recent episode, he called home to tell his mom that he like wasn't coming home for the night and she like didn't know who he was by his voice <laughs> he had to be like it's xander right, right, it's xander, right. Mom. that's right i remember that now so we don't get the sense that they for example have like done gender consciousness training with him <laughs> i i would i'm going out on a limb here yeah. i would say mm. i would say probably not i probably. mean it's california you never know but yeah <laughs> No, yeah. not the Harrises. So do you think that your daughters will watch the show? Are you, or is it going to be like part of their homework? Will they have to watch the show? Oh, How is God. that going to be handled? Well, you can't imagine the hours of conversation that my wife and I have had about the what is the best way and time mm. and manner to present Buffy to our children. How do we hmm. best ensure that they <laughs> love it and that we don't present it at a time where they will simply reject it out of hand because right, right. it was presented by their parents. So like right. we have to show that it's cool, but we have to not show that we care about it so much. Right. Um, they can't know <laughs> how important it is to us. There's probably, uh -huh, uh -huh. I can't actually think of anything in the world of pop culture that I want my children to like as much as I want them to like Buffy. And so right. we'll just yeah. be biting our lips as we present mm -hmm. this thing to them. And if they reject it, I mean, that'll be it. That will be our ultimate failure as parents. It will be. Wow. It will, wow. We will be the Xander's parents of the world if we can't <laughs> convey this to them. We will just, we'll check out and we will have oh nothing gosh. more to do with them. We're here to four. We wish you and your wife well on your pursuits. <laughs> Go I ahead, have a question. Go ahead. Yes. As a representative, again, of all men. Right. Um, do you think that we should be worried about being too hard on Xander? This is a tough question for me. You guys are really hard on Xander. <laughs> Xander, like almost every teenage boy in the world, is horrible. Yeah. 
However, I do think that there are times when you guys could cut Xander a little more slack with the recognition that he, I think most of the time, Xander's heart is in the right place. Now, I recognize Mm -hmm. that in the world, people's hearts being in the right place haven't really actually done shit for most people. (laughs) Nevertheless, for a kid that age um, to be thrown into the situations that he's thrown into, to obviously have like no good parental supervision or role models in his life. Like, for example, in this episode, when Giles expresses to him how disappointed he is in him in the stupid thing that he did, um, and when he sends him away, actually, mm-hmm. from the library, because there's nothing he can do. And he says, you know, get out of my sight. His disdain is incredible. But what's also incredible is the way Nick Brendan responds to it. Clearly, no adult figure has expressed any kind of disappointment or even interest in Xander for, like, decades. And right, s- like, nobody's cared enough to be right. disappointed there's in him There's no before. one who has felt that, who has, like, expressed to him so clearly that I, a person you respect, am disappointed in the choice that you made. Uh, that it makes me mm-hmm. feel like it is a miracle that Xander turned out even as as halfway decent as he can very occasionally reveal himself to be. Mm-hmm. So, totally. So I don't. I as a representative of all men, I don't. <laughs> I don't begrudge you your harsh judgments of Xander. But all I ask is that you remember that Xander, like all the characters on the show is on a path. He's on a path that will hopefully lead him to one day become an actual, honest-to-God, grown man. Not the man he claims he's going to be in this episode who hides, but the man (laughs) who lives a good life and takes responsibility for the things that he does and makes the right choices about all the people in his life, not just the women, and is a human being in the world. He's he's on that road. I I think... To what you're saying is really interesting. And sometimes people write to us, you know, and they're like, oh, we, you know, we get it with the Xander thing. You don't have to talk about it so much. But what, as you're speaking, as you're talking to us about like how we view Xander and how we can um, perhaps have more hope for Xander's character, it, there's just so much in there, right? Because it's like what we do as human beings uh, when we're dealing with other human beings who are struggling with some of the repercussions of, you know, the patriarchy or, or racism or whatever, whatever the structure might be. Like, where do we draw the line of, um, you know, having hope in that person and investing in that person to help them get over to where we want them to be uh, versus like the the point of exhaustion for the person who's doing the work to try to get that person there. Um, And I I just think it's such an amazing thing to highlight because um, us being challenged to keep that hope in someone who symbolizes some of the things that have kind of torn us down over the years uh, is, is important. I just think it's important to keep our sights on it outside of the Buffy universe. So thank you for saying all of those things because mm. it's making me think in ways that I find important. Oh, good. This has been a wonderful chat. I think you did a fantastic job with your representation of men. Great. Um, I'm so men glad. will be pleased. I'm, the emails are coming in now. They're all very nervous <laughs> About how we're going to come off in this episode. It's like right, right, right. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure for you. I think you handled it well. Before we go, one last thing. Um, yeah. Have you? Did you guys talk about the music cue when Xander is walking down the hall? Doesn't it feel like it should be um, staying alive? Like, doesn't it, it feel like that's what they meant based on his collar alone? I mean, sh- lyrically, it, 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 based on his yes, strut but... and the rhythm of his strut, staying alive would absolutely make sense. 
but um i so i did not recognize that song i'm not i'm not i'm not great on my like guardians of the galaxy era music cues um so i had to look it up and in fact the song is by uh the average white band and i love that as a meta comment on xander the average white man who makes his way (laughs) through the world of this show oh uh, my god and whose journey through the show is trying to become over the course of seven seasons something other than an average white man an actual man who exists in the world and who is not forced to uh to bear the weight of all men and the patriarchy upon his shoulders wow wow we did not discuss that, and I am so glad that you have brought it to our attention. Yeah, that is a hot tip. That is amazing. <laughs> Dan, where can people find you uh, when they want to hear more of your voice and hear more of your writing? And uh, You can find me on Slate, uh, where I'm a writer and editor. You can find me in the New York Times Magazine, where I'm a contributing writer. And uh, in the next coming years, you can buy a couple of books that I'm currently writing. Uh, <laughs> one book, An Oral History of Angels in America. Uh, will come out in 2018. The other book, a book about parenting around the world uh, and outside of the East Coast parenting bubble, will come out in the year 2019. Incredible. I'm very excited for both of those books. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you again for joining us. 2020, Parenting in the Hellmouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you again, Dan, for joining us and safe travels to you and your family as you go across the globe. Yeah. Okay, so um, Jenny Calendar, can we talk about Jenny yeah. Calendar? Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Please? Xander goes to confess what he's done to Giles. Giles is like, did you really? I don't know. But then Jenny Calendar comes in. Oof. Proof and is she's in like the calendar. Touching. <laughs> <laughs> she's like rubbing Xander's arm increasingly and like oh, he's getting distracted. She... She's trying to reconcile with Giles, but she can't even get through a sentence without being like, I'm going to tell you what I've had. I don't always have the best time with Jenny Calendar and her and her scenes. But this uh, is like, this is, her. she is on. Like, yeah. this is like her perfect direction is like, be obsessively in love with Xander. She just nails it. She is like a puppy dog and also like an evil snake. Yeah. Like, she's like all of the things in one. Oh my God. And when Giles drags her away and she's like, Right. She's reaching like moaning, reaching. Yeah. And then Zander is like, I know what to do. I will block the library <laughs> doors with the, the card door. catalog, but but maintenance has come by sometime between school hard yes. and now and flipped the hinges on the library well, doors not because even they now them. open from they the outside. They open both ways now. They oh. they push in and out. Um and but before they they were able to block those doors. Right. So right, that's right, right, a right. new new development. New they were like, "Come on guys, you're at level 2 now. Level 2 at the Hellmouth, you have to be able to defend yourself with swinging doors." <laughs> Xander didn't get the memo. Right. So Buffy's wearing yet another trench coat. This trench coat Listen, she went to Fredericks of Hollywood for this trench coat right here. <laughs> Fredericks of Hollywood? <laughs> That's where she went for this guy. Oh, my she, God. This trench coat For those is... of you who have no idea what Fredericks of what? Hollywood is. Come on. All right, just Google it. I guess maybe the 13-year-old demographic might know Fred, not know Fredericks of it's Hollywood. It's possible. But you shouldn't either. Don't look it up. Yeah. <laughs> so trench coat Buffy is going ham on Xander. She really is. This is a moment. It's also, I feel like she like went home, got a spray tan and a trench, a sexy trench. Like <laughs> she just looks like more tan in this scene mm. than she did before. So she is like 
straddling Xander on the stairs. Xander is like, oh, God, what am I going to do? This is very overwhelming. But luckily, this, thank God, this scene gets interrupted before Buffy detrenches. uh, Right. But before Buffy even, like, would have gotten to the detrench point, it's important, I think, to note that Xander is like, hey, you're not in control of your functions right now. Right. Well, he has a very, he, he kind of has like an Oz moment here, although ex- more extreme, like Oz in the episode with Willow where Oz is like, you are after this for the wrong reasons. Therefore, I'm not going to participate. Right, right, Xander's right. sort of like, this is not, this is not appropriate. This is not right. So I'm going to yeah. say no. Um, Oz, we're like, great. Oz is, Oz is great. Good job. Xander, we're like, whoa. Xander, surprised, a little bit surprised that Xander's doing, but Xander's making some making some good choices yes. in this episode. Some horrible choices, but some followed good choices. by some good choices later. <laughs> so in comes Amy, and oh Amy boy. is ready. She's like, I have prepared all of my spells. I'm knocking yeah. every girl down that stands in my way, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and she does. First of all, Buffy, shout out to your crazy eyes in the moment when Those wild eyes. Oh, incredible! Like just Sarah Michelle Gellar whips her head over her incredible, shoulder. Incredible, incredible moment of crazy. Crazy eyes, and Great. then Amy busts out her, you know, what is who does she call on now? Uh, Hecate. Hecate. She busts out her Hecate spell and turns Buffy into a rat. Hooray! Into a little what a delight! A little rat. It's really, really it's special. Little little... Great. I just want to say, great rat acting. Great. This rat was well cast. Absolutely. Does a tremendous job. D- rat did a great job carrying a tiny little camera on its tiny little rat back, oh! so we could get a rat cam. Rat I love cam. a rat cam. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kid. I, I really do. <laughs> And uh, then Oz, while they're looking for, they're trying to catch Rat Buffy, Giles has come back. Right. And while they're trying to capture her, Oz rolls in and punches Xander in the face for reasons he can't quite explain. But he knows he's supposed to have done this. Yes. But then they immediately reconcile. He helps Xander (laughs) up to his feet. Giles. We talked about this a little bit with Dan. Oh, man. But Giles has this moment here where he is like, I am so disappointed in, in you get out of my sight, which is it's really so hard. It's it's, it's like important. You do feel like it's important, but it's a very hard thing to watch. Um, so Xander leaves, but Xander saves Cordelia on his way out. Yeah, he pulls her out from Oz goes, the heap of women. Right. Oz goes looking for Rat Buffy. Everybody's got a great task. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> their, their tasks have been delegated very nicely. Xander and Cordelia run to Buffy's house knock on the door Joyce lets them in wait we missed something that I want to call out here Jenny Calendar erasing polyamorous non-monogamous people oh my god Jenny if Calendar no one can love more no than one, one person no one can love more than two, love I two people I bet to differ yeah I bet I can think of at least one person it's Gabby Dunn <laughs> we know she's real she's been on the podcast so how dare you Jenny Calendar yeah, Jenny Calendar back it up a step Back it up a step. But anyhow, right. We go now go ahead, Jenny. I'm sorry. Okay. So Xander and Cordelia enter Buffy's house. Joyce is like, oh my gosh, what happened? Oh my goodness. Cordelia, go get bandages out of the bathroom. As soon as Cordelia is out of the room, oh, it God. becomes oh, very God. apparent that even moms are not immune <laughs> to Xander's uh charms. Yeah, Xander's magic oh, charms. Oh my god, she wants to get him a drink. She's rubbing his shoulders. He is, I think he tonight is so is over a it. Night for it's something a hot. hot. Night, don't you think? <laughs> 
Xander, she starts rubbing his shoulders, and Xander is so over it that all he can do is just, like, flop down on the counter, like, oh, God. I think I felt like in that, I felt like in this scene, the character of Xander was, that, like, doing this, right? But I also felt like the actor, Nicholas Brendan, was like, I cannot, I cannot, <laughs> like, this is too much for me to oh handle. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Because Joyce, uh, Christine Sutherland, actually never puts her mouth on his neck. Like, it cuts right before, because she goes down to kiss him, but we never see it. And I just feel like the actors were like, guys, we can't. We cannot. It's too much. And then Cordelia busts uh, in and is flipping out. Flipping out. She throws Joyce out, slams the door. And then I think, does she reopen the door before she slams the door? She no, says, she's like yelling through the door. Keep your mom-aged mitts off my boyfriend. Former. Former. <laughs> what a moment. Like, oh. Even in the heat of all of this bizarre activity, she cannot <laughs> leave out former. Right. She must. And then. And then Joyce knocking oh, at the window. Oh, this is amazing. Let Joyce in. Let Joyce in is, if you ask me at the end of the series, somebody remind me to tell you what my favorite line that Joyce ever says is, it might be this one. Yeah. Let Joyce in. <laughs> it's serious. Come on. And they run up to That's Buffy's That's my Buffy room. tattoo. Yeah. Let Joyce, Let Joyce in. <laughs> Across your back. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rat Cam. I just want to give a shout out to the black cat from the credits. Makes, a, makes an appearance here. Black Cat from the credits has oh, escaped yeah. Amy's mom's house, is now living in the basement of Sunnydale High School and chasing great. Buffy, who's now a rat. Great, great, great. Just wanted a... That character has an arc, right. too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then Xander and Cordelia run up to Buffy's room, and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, whew, we can we, like, we have it. a deep breath. But no, because no. Angelus reaches through the window, yanks Xander out, throws him on the ground, is about to do something terrible when Drew that not only are moms not immune, but also supernatural women are not immune. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Xander's always had a way with the supernatural women. I mean, yeah. he's really, that's <laughs> kind of his deal. The she-mantis, <laughs> the Inca mummy princess. And now Drew. And now what a, catch. a vampire. What a catch. Uh, yeah, so Drusilla is after him. Oh, then God. The, Your the... face is a poem. Oh, I can read it. Should we give her her jingle? Yeah. Okay. Drew. Well earned. Well earned indeed. Uh, then we, we cut to, well, we don't cut to, but what happens? The mob arrives? The mob, mob arrives. of women arrives. Drusilla's like, whoa. Um, <laughs> okay, sure. Drusilla gets left behind. Xander. Oh my God. I love how Drusilla like busts the door down and then is like, Ugh. yeah, force fielded out of the house. And you know who else likes that? Angel. Angel loves it. Angel is really amused by Drew not being allowed in. Uh, yeah, however, <laughs> everyone else makes their way in. They run to the <laughs> basement. Wait, Joyce with the butcher knife. It's never going to work for us, Xander. We have to end it yeah. with this kitchen knife. <laughs> Joyce is in full Romeo and Juliet yeah. mode. Uh, so they they flee to the basement. Xander, in, in record time, Xander gets like two by fours. Tap, 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 tap. Speaking of two by fours, little uh, little thing to notice. If you go back and watch the episode, you may have already noticed it. But when Angel and Xander hit the grass, the whole scene that they shoot then, you can see the supporting beams holding up the roof. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, it's like, they didn't, they were like, oh, so I'm too tired. Uh, yeah. Like somebody on set was just like, I'm tired. Just whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Someday, 20 years from now, two queer ladies will be in their room mm. and it'll be great talking points. So leave it in. <laughs> Anyhow, so they're in the basement. They've boarded up the thing. Cordelia has this moment where she's like, you mean the spell was for me? Okay, this is like, 
it just speaks to the complexity of everything that's going on between them because obviously, like, at least 50% of Cordelia has to be like, how dare you? Right. How dare you, like, because this try to, like, aim a spell at me. But then the other half of her is like, he cared he enough. He cared enough. To, he cared enough to forcefully make me love okay. him with magic? Uh, her, right. Okay. Very it's, complicated. It's, uh, it's not ideal. But things on the Hellmouth are frequently complicated. It is. It's a complicated situation. And Cordelia, right. Cordelia's like, love eyes at Xander. Very bizarre. But, I don't yeah. get it. But whatever. They go downstairs. And they're complicated. I mean, right. They're, they're, their emotions, as we've learned in this episode, are really not always placed in the right spots um, for healthy relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's where we are. Um, so they, they get down there. Then in comes the mob. They bust through, right? But, yeah, yeah, but simultaneously, Giles and Amy are casting together. Right. Right. God, uh, I love I love Witch Giles. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Give me Witch Give me Witch Giles any day. This is the first yeah. time we've seen Witch Giles since the episode Witch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I love get it. To see his tie. I love back. when he's like calling on things and the yes. wind is flapping mm. and you know, he's plunging his hands into bowls oh, of yes. things. It's great. So the first thing she does is she pulls uh she pulls the rat out of Buffy or but pulls Buffy right. out of the rat right. whatever, you know, she Yeah. She fixes just, that first. Just as Oz is rolling up on her. Right. She pops up naked. And, you know, if you're going to be a rat and then transform back into your human form and be naked in close proximity to one of your friends, you want it probably you to want be it to Oz. be Oz. He's so respectful. Yeah. He's so respectful that Buffy seems very calm about the whole thing. Also, it's like she's like almost, she's died once. She's almost died 40 times. She's, <laughs> she's really kind of not in the normal 17-year-old headspace of being naked, I think. She's right. like, this is just my life. It's crazy. Except when she's all wet from the rain. And oh. she has a cut on her back. <laughs> right, right. And then she's. Then she's very modest. Yes, then she's incredibly modest. <laughs> and then the next thing that Amy and Giles accomplish is undoing. The love spell. And all the women in the basement who have piled upon Xander and Cordelia are like, what? What? I've just woken but, up from but, the strangest but dream. But don't worry. And you were there? <laughs> don't panic because Xander, quick on his feet, thinks, I know, I'll just tell them all, great job with that scavenger hunt. Wait, does it Cordelia? Oh, Cordelia says yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, Cordelia says it. <laughs> it's one of their brilliant minds says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and so they all kind of scatter. Everyone and disperses. We go to school the next day. We go to school day. the next day. And here we are with the plastics. And we have this. Oh, my God. Harmony still sucks. Harmony is. I mean, listen, I've got a spot for Harmony, but that has to do at with. At insults, I that, mean. That, oh, yeah. At insults. And I mean. And uh, is mean. And is mean. I, I don't think I would like Harmony at this point. But, you know, Harmony, we'll see some stuff with Harmony. So, I, you know, <laughs> I have a spot for her. Right, right, right. But, but Harmony now is like, it's really awful. She's talking about this guy who, if, if the first two girls that he asks reject him, then she'll get to go with him. And that's like this. Right. Huge deal, and she's so excited about it. Yeah, just kind of underlining this is the also fact. Sad. Yeah, it is sad. It's 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 sort of. I mean, it's just really highlighting that these girls in this group, and I'm sure many other uh, girls and boys and non-binary people and etc. Great are uh, you know exist in the world feeling like they don't deserve the respect that that they in fact do deserve. And right. We see that with Harmony. We've seen it with Cordelia. We've seen it with Xander. Mm -hmm. We've seen it, you know, over and over again where, like, you know, w what we want is to see somebody say, like, hey, fuck off. If I'm not your – if you don't want to go with me, I don't want to go with you. I'm not going to play second or third fiddle right. to this shit. But they don't – they're not there yet in their growth. They haven't yet learned. Um, but you know who's about to learn is <laughs> our Cordelia. <laughs> she... Because after Harmony bumps into Xander uh. and, like, throws a terrible insult at him – Cordelia's like, Harmony, you're a sheep. 
No, well, first she says, shut up, Harmony. Ah, uh, yeah. Great. My favorite words to come out of Cordelia's <laughs> mouth. Shut up, Harmony. And then, yes, you are a sheep. And you know what? I'm not a sheep. I do what I want to do. I wear what I want to wear. I date who I want to date. And who she wants to date is Xander. Yeah. But she she makes a small apology for the fact that it is Xander. But still, she <laughs> is strong. She walks away from the group. She walks to Xander. She flips out. She's like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Xander is like, listen, we can fight in front of them every time we see them if you want. <laughs> it's a very nice, it's a very nice moment. And I, Jenny, unless you have anything more you would like to, oh, wait, we didn't do the sexual tension award. Oh, my I gosh, have oh, my gosh, one. oh, my gosh. Who is it? I would like to award sexual tension. Unless you want to veto my uh, choice, I would like to give the sexual tension award to Willow and the Axe. Oh, Willow yeah. and the axe Woo. in this episode. Yeah, they are together. Right. Second runner up was um, Rat Buffy and the Cheese. <laughs> yeah, but there was I a think strong like, attraction there. Yeah, I think Willow and the axe get it. Wow. Will- and when we just, sorry, we're almost at the end of the episode, but I don't want to go to, I don't want to talk about this episode without giving a shout out to Willow, to Allison Hannigan for the scene where she does enter with this axe and oh she gosh. is in tears. Shout out to the fucking costume team who put teardrops. On her shirt? I think those were from earlier takes. I think Allison Hannigan stood there shedding real actor oh. tears over and over and over again, waving Until that axe above her head. she drenched her own shirt yes, in her real tears. Well, great job, Willow. All around. Praise. We know we are past due for a Willow jingle. And if I didn't run a camp in the Midwest in like... T minus 10 days you would have your willow jingle but we have a lot to do mm-hmm. so just everybody hang tight you're going to get your willow jingle before the season is up yes, no questions asked right on top she of that, deserves Rose. it since we don't have one yet and Cordelia has just left the plastics behind yeah. saying I do what I want I would like to end this episode's discussion with the Cordelia jingle Cordelia Ah, yes. Thank you, Cordelia, for being you. And with that out of the way, I think we've said everything we need to say for this episode. Thanks again to Dan Coyce for joining us. I'm Jenny Owen-Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy, I write and record songs and make records and go on tour and whatever. And you can learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering, or you can give me a shout on Twitter at JennyOwenYoungs. And I am Kristen Russo. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Kristen Nolene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L. I-N-E. You can also learn more about my work with LGBTQ youth and their families over at my website, kristinnoline.com, or you can head on over to everyoneisgay or mykidisgay.com for some of those resources. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Facebook and Twitter at BufferingCast, and you can email us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. You can support us in many ways. We are newly on Stitcher Premium. We're very, yes, we're very excited about it. It was almost a wolf howl, Jenny. I got nervous. Sorry. (laughs) Stitcher Premium is a super fun platform where you can get all sorts of exclusives and bonus episodes, comedy specials. The list goes on and on. And you can go over to stitcherpremium.com 
forward slash Buffy and get your first month for free. You can get the whole year of subscription for $29.99 using that promo code. It's a pretty great deal. It's a pretty fun way to listen to us. And it is also an ad-free experience. So if you are not into the ads, you can go on over there and get an ad-free listen of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. You can also go to our store. Go to BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Click on Shop. And uh, over there, you'll find some tank tops, some T-shirts, some enamel pins of varying designs. But most of them are about slaying and slaying (laughs) the patriarchy specifically. So I think you'll enjoy it. And um, if you are a patron, the third way to support us, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But if you're a patron, you can get 20% off if you're at the $10 level of our merchandise all the time. Speaking of Patreon, the third way that you can support us is by going over to BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com and clicking on Patreon. There are three levels of giving there, $1, $5, $10. If you love the music at the end of these podcasts, you can get those songs as they come out for the $5 pledge. Uh, We have fun Q&A videos and bonus materials for the $10 supporters. And for all of our supporters, we do Buffy watches together. And we now have a secret Facebook group for all of our patrons where we have a great time. We do Buffy watches and you all talk to each other, which is probably the best part of it. It's very sweet. Right? It's really great. So again, that's Buffering the Vampire. Slayer.com and click on Patreon. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Leave it all up to Xander and your goose is cooked. He's conjuring spells to mend his broken heart. Cordelia's chasing plastics and she's overlooked The feelings of everyone she's torn apart Apart Magic that you make for all the wrong reasons will fail Seek the kind of love that runs from eyeballs to entrails Love is what it's about, even on the hellmouth. Students and teachers, vampires and lunch ladies, fight over Xander, oh lord how they shriek. Where did this trench coat come from? Why do I want cheese? Squeak, squeak. Magic that you make for all the wrong reasons will fail. Seek the kind of love that runs from eyeballs to entrails. Love is what it's about, even on the on a necklace a necklace in a cemetery <laughs> that, was, that was all you had 
You didn't like it? It was great. I just, I'm so sorry. I assumed there'd be more. (laughs) Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.